1: This is a CBC Podcast. You know that song, uh, One Week, by Mere Naked Ladies? You know, it's been. Ed Robertson from the band will drop by to tell you the true story of that song, including how one of the most iconic lines was inspired by a priest doing a not-so-great job at a family funeral. That's coming up. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Q. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Grab your Furby and your Preston Manning sign. We're going back to 1998.
0: It's been one week since you looked at me. Cut your head to the side and said I'm angry.
1: Five days since you laughed at me the same. Get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room. I realized I saw my I was watching a TikTok the other day, and someone, they were doing this thing where like, how how early in a song can you guess a song? Like, how much of a song do you need to hear before you know what the song is? And the the person in it just went, yeah. like, yeah. for yes, spin. that's all you need. That's a little bit of One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. That song is a very special one because... This band from Canada found a success through that song that they didn't see coming. One week went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100, landed on movie soundtracks for some of the biggest hits of the 90s, like American Pie and 10 Things I Hate About You. It was nominated for a Grammy. And yeah, it took them from being a beloved Canadian band to being beloved all over the world. To celebrate its 25th anniversary and to tell you a little bit more about it, Ed Robertson from the band joined me. They have a new album, uh, too. It's called In Flight. And one of my favorite things we did, and stay tuned for this part of the conversation. We go through some of the lyrics in one week and we ask, what, what, does that, what does that mean? Here's Ed Robertson. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here again.
0: So pleased to be back, Tom. You know, that song, number one in the United States of America, number one in the United Kingdom, number one in Germany, number one in Japan, number three in Canada.
1: Oh, no, really? Is that true?
0: <laughs> I'm not bitter, though.
1: Yes. <laughs> as long as you don't hate the Moffat's for it, that's all that matters to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How could I hate the Moffat's? Those are lovely young men.
1: What was going on with the band before one week? Like, where did the band—I don't mean, like, the history of the band, but, like, where did you guys find yourself right before one week came out?
0: Well, things were really building in the United States. Our, our career had really waned at home in Canada— Um, You know, there's a small pie and we had all the pieces in the early 90s and people were a little tired of us, understandably so. So we were spending all of our time trying to grow something in America. Our single, The Old Apartment, the live version from Rock Spectac, was getting played all over the country and it actually just cracked the top 40 it made it to number 40. so we actually got the casey Kasem introduction um which we used as the intro for that song for about two years live number 40. the first of our two debuts is by a canadian band that goes by the name bare naked ladies but the members of the group aren't ladies at all they're men and they're fully clothed their song is called the old apartment but uh we could feel it building you know um i think we felt like the early success we had in canada in the in the early 90s was somewhat of a dress rehearsal for what was about to happen in America.
1: Where did one week come from? I'm trying to it's it's hard to imagine that song being written. Like I think about something like we were just talking about like Jack and Diane or you know, even the old apartment. I can see you guys maybe someone with a guitar in the corner playing guitar and and just that one coming out. It's hard to imagine one week coming out of sitting down with a guitar in the corner. Like where did that song come from?
0: Yeah, it was an idea that I'd been tinkering around with and I had the chorus structure and I quite liked it. This, this kind of uh, anatomy and timeline of an argument between people who love each other, uh, the sort of comedy of the roles you play over a long argument. That, that was the kind of genesis of it. And I wanted the verses to be this kind of rappy thing. And I kept trying to write stuff and it was really crappy. And it, Steve Page said to me, why don't you just freestyle it? So I, I had a little high 8 camcorder and I put it on a tripod and I stared at it and freestyled for about four or five minutes. And then I just edited my favorite lines out of this freestyle. So the song was written really in about four minutes.
1: Can I ask you about some of these lines? Like... Okay, what about the big one? What about Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken?
0: That is a little play on a Busta Rhymes line from a Tribe Called Quest song scenario. Tyler and I were huge fans of the Tribe record, The Low End Theory. And in it, for no explicable reason, Busta says... Chickadee Choco, the chocolate chicken. And I always just thought it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. And we were uh in the midst of a scary uh uh avian flu at the time was was raging uh in China and so it became Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken. <laughs> you have a drumstick and your brain stops ticking. Again, it was freestyled, but that's where it came from.
1: Watching X-Files with no lights on, with Don Lamey's on, I Hope the Smoking Man's in this one.
0: Yeah, so this was back in the day. We were massive X-Files fans, and we had actually, someone at the show found that out. She was a fan of the band, so she gave us, a massive box of VHS tapes of the show, and we were touring like madmen at the time. We were like eighteen months straight in the U.S., and every night we'd get on the bus and we'd put in and watch three or four episodes of the X Files that that she had dumped onto these VHS tapes for us, and the uh, the theme song does this. <Terrific> <sitzt> Tyler and I would always look at each other and say, Don't la maison, la maison, la maison. Horrible French for, are you in the house? Like, you, you ready to watch some X-Files? Don't la maison, la maison, la maison. It was just like a stupid thing.
1: <laughs> what about hot like wasabi when I bust rhymes, big like Leanne rhymes because I'm
0: all about value? Okay, here's a funny thing. So I meant big... Like, popular. Yeah. Right? Uh, Leanne Rimes was a popular singer at the huge, time. Huge. Huge. And so there there was that line. I thought she was super cute. And uh, she sprung to mind while I was freestyling. Cut to five months later, we're playing uh, an arena in Washington, D.C. with, like, Jessica Simpson and... Uh, the black eyed peas and all these like huge bands and leanne rhymes who walks up to me in the dressing room and says, what do you mean big like leanne Rimes?" (laughs) And of course she is this tiny, beautiful, you know, maybe she's from Tennessee or something, but she got right in my face. What do you mean big? And I was like, (laughs) I meant popular. I'm a big fan of yours. She was like, okay, I'm just checking because lots of people think I'm fat and I'm not.
1: (laughs) Okay, last one, last one. Um, I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral, can't understand what I mean. You soon will.
0: That is a very specific reference to the funeral of my older brother actually oh it was an awful day and i didn't know how i was going to get through it and he died in a motorcycle accident and the last thing i wanted to hear was when god closes the door he opens a window you know i i just thought there's no good uh from this accident he's gone it sucks and uh the guy stood up uh and he said, an untimely passing, such as this one, reminds me of the words of the rock group, the Leonard Skinner. <laughs> if I leave here tomorrow, no, no, no will no. you still remember me? And I just cracked a huge smile, and I turned around and looked at Tyler in the pew behind me, and he just went, Skinner <laughs> gave me the double <laughs> double rock and roll horn. And uh you know, it just turned it turned my whole mood around and yes. I was laughing all of a sudden because ginner got quoted at my brother's funeral.
1: Oh, I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Oh, that's beautiful. We're we're gonna get you introduced the song in a second, but before we do, how did your life change after One Week came out?
0: Um it just confirmed how great I already thought I was. <laughs> it was very affirming. Um, no, it, it it was an absolute whirlwind. Um, we tried hard to keep our our you know our our arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times as we rode that crazy fame roller coaster. You know, I said success in Canada was a bit of a dress rehearsal, but success in America and worldwide is another animal entirely. All of a sudden, you're you're at the Grammys and and nominated, and then you're hopping on to an overnight flight to go play in Japan because the single's number one there. And then you're going to New Zealand and Australia, and you're flying back to Germany and it was really difficult to remain any kind of grounded and really in touch with home and who we actually were. You know, it uh, you're just in a different time zone, different country every day sometimes, and uh, you know, I've been trying to express even on the new record uh, on in flight that uh, you know. Sometimes all of your dreams coming true, is kind of hard. Yeah, um, You want it, but you don't know what it is until you get it. You, yeah. you think it's going to be all glamour and all fun and all excitement, but the truth is it is so much work. It's incredibly rewarding too, but it is a grind, man. Yeah. I, I don't think people can understand the toll it takes on you. And they'll, you know, they see artists, you know, I remember Mumford & Sons just made an announcement. We we need a break. We have to take time off. They canceled a bunch of shows and people went, oh, poor babies, you know, sorry you've had uh, so many big hits. And, you know, there was like zero sympathy for them. And I was like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I know what they're going through right now.
1: Did you ever get tired of singing it? Never.
0: We're really lucky that we have a very uncomplicated relationship with our hits. I think some bands, they don't like they're embarrassed of their hits or it was something the record company forced on them or um, some sort of collaboration they never believed in in the first place or they feel it distracted uh, from what the band was really about. For us, one week was so indicative of a bare naked Ladies live show, which is what we have built the career on, I've just always been so proud of it. And the joy that I see in the audience when we play it is, it's everything. Like, I'm not bored of it. It's amazing.
1: We've been asking uh, people when they come on to set up a song uh, to do their best version of the childhood radio DJ they grew up with. You know, like, I think Bahamas did someone out of Hamilton that he grew up with. We had people doing, like, versions of, you know, uh, hit radio stations in in Winnipeg. Can you—now you can choose to not to, that's fine, but I know you, and I think you will. Can you do your best, I guess, Scarborough, Toronto DJ that you grew up with and introduce Bare Naked Ladies in one week?
0: Well, you're back with Tarzan Dan from the deepest, darkest, hardest Scarborough. These are my pals, Bare Naked Ladies. You can see me currently on Tarzan Dan's hit list on YTV. You can hear me on about 40,000 radio stations, but I love this band. Here are my close personal friends Ed, Steve, Tyler. Who else is in the band? Jim, Kevin. Um, this is their song, One Week. I'm Tarzan Dan. It's been
1: one week since you looked at me. Got your head to get into the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me, saying get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room.
0: I realized it's all my fault, but couldn't tell you yesterday forgiven me. But it'll still be today till I say I'm sorry. Hold it now when we'll what's a hoodwink? Does it make you stop think? You'll think you're looking at Aquaman. I summon fish to the dish, although I like the shally swiss, I like the sushi, cause it never touch a fine pan. Hot like wasabi when I boss rhymes. Speak like me and rhymes, because I'm all about value. Bertie Campers got
1: the ears, Ladies, and one week before that, Ed Robertson of Bare Naked Ladies join me to talk about the song as kind of a celebration of its 25th anniversary. B&L have a new album out. It's called In Flight. It's out every where now. They'll be playing at Casino Rama in Orillia, Ontario on December 1st and 2nd. Alright, that's it for this episode of Q. The other conversation we have up today is with the legendary folk singer Joan Baez, who's well known as a folk singer, well known for her work in peace and activism. But she's concerned that the legacy she's leaving is not an honest one. And Joan Baez will be here to tell you what that means. Go check that out.